0: What comes to mind when you think about life, your life, the lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course, but have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life.
1: Families experiencing a deep sense of grief sometimes feel like they're in a hole and there's no getting out. Tragedy, when it strikes, can be all-consuming and is overwhelming. How do families manage to go through grief and reach the other side where they feel like life is worthwhile again? And how do they rise above their grief and loss to find healing through giving back to others? Hi, you're listening to episode 25 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and Proud Life Bank staff member. I'm joined today by my fellow coworker, Alyssa Berman, who is the Senior Bereavement Counselor for LifeBank, and a very special friend, donor mom, Deanna Slivka. Deanna, thank you so much for joining Alyssa and I today to talk about something that's very near and dear to your heart. Would you like to share your story of Sophia and also about how giving back as a result of your loss and grief has helped you heal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, First of all, thank you so much for for having me here today. Sophia is my middle daughter, and unfortunately, I can't tell you too much about her other than she loved chocolate cream stick donuts and listening to Carrie Underwood. I was 39 weeks pregnant with her when she made her entrance into this world, but uh, she was born silent. Um, and while I didn't get a chance to know her in the traditional sense, I do still feel like I know her fully. And, you know, this little girl has transformed my life. I went to the hospital on May 29th in 2012, anticipating the arrival of our new little baby. But my joy was quickly turned to fear when the nurses could not find her heartbeat. Um, it was a completely uncomplicated and healthy pregnancy. But sometime during the morning hours on May 29th, her heart just stopped. Um, and her, her cause of death still remains unknown. However, because she was full-term and a healthy eight pounds, 11 ounces, she was a candidate to become a heartfelt donor, and this is kind of where our journey begins in relation to giving back in grief. You know, I'll be honest, it was not an easy decision to say yes to donation, but I knew that if I could prevent another mother from knowing the pain of child loss, I had to do it. Um, Ultimately, that decision was really what kind of propelled me forward in my grief and gave me an opportunity to, to give back in her honor. We started off participating in Life Bank's Gift of Life Walk and Run, and you know what an incredible experience to witness the impact of donation firsthand. And for us, for our family, a chance to celebrate Sophia. Because if we're honest, you know we don't get many opportunities for celebration, and it has felt so good to be able to raise money and give back to an organization that has been on this journey with us from the beginning. Through Life Bank, I've also been able to share Sophia's story to those in the medical field, uh, particularly those involved in labor and delivery, and kind of talk about the importance of giving families the choice to know that donation can be an option and, you know, to talk also about how much peace and comfort it has brought to my family in our darkest moments. I now also help out the bereavement department at Life Bank and make calls to donor families to check in on them after their loss. You know, I wish I didn't have to make these calls um, because, you know, these calls mean that that these families know the pain that death can bring. So it's also through these calls that I can bring hope that the pain changes over time. And, you know, that sometimes what feels like moving on may not be possible, moving forward is. And how great that I can call these families and speak their loved one's name to them and remind them that, you know, we don't forget. Um, Finally, one of the biggest ways that I've given back is by creating a nonprofit in memory of Sophia called Sophia's Wings. Um, After learning of the need for grief counseling in my area, um, specifically related to pregnancy and infant loss, I felt called to step up and fill that role. Um, I was given a gift of grief counseling by Alyssa through LifeBank, and uh, you know the healing that that brought me has been immeasurable. It normalized my grief and taught me that both joy and pain can coexist and help me find new ways to channel my grief. I wanted to give that gift to others, so after earning a graduate degree in counseling and With the help of some friends who um, thankfully gifted us a lawyer to get us up and running, um, I open Sophia's Wings where we provide free grief counseling to those impacted by pregnancy or infant loss.
1: I've had the privilege of watching your story unfold for all these years. Mm -hmm. And it's not only brought you through the grief, you know, we've formed friendships, I think, that will last a lifetime you with Alyssa, you with LifeBank, and you and I, I, it's just an amazing thing. Alyssa, tell us, what is it about death and grieving that drives people to give back as a result?
3: Sure. When in the thick of it, we do not realize that death and grief will open us up to compassion and provide a sense of depth in our lives. But Deanna is living proof of this truth. And I wanna say when it comes to expertise, one of the things Diana didn't share is through this process, she went back to school, she got her license to be a counselor. And so her expertise is not just as a mom, but as a professional. And she really is an example of how grief can either ruin us or mature us. Just depends on what we do with it. And there are so many people to report extensive, you know, personal growth following bereavement. Because the goal of, of the journey of grief that when we work at Life Bank and that I encourage others is rediscovering life in the ways that give us reason to get ourselves out of bed in the morning and to make life, you know, matter. It's natural to be lost before people find meaning. And usually that's where I meet people, right in that moment where they're completely lost in their grief. And just as we undergo like a physical and psychological tearing down and building up while grieving, we also, and I see this all the time, experience this parallel kind of spiritual and professional sometimes rebirth. The challenge is to withstand that destruction. The challenge is often to embrace the confusion and the not knowing, because if we do My experience is is that I watch people come to the other side with a renewed sense of their purpose in the world. Indiana is a great example of that as well. The families I meet are confronted with this enormous discrepancy between what they expected, which is my loved one's going to be here, what they believed. And whether we like to admit it or not, we generally believe that good things happen if you're good. It's not the reality, right? And the reality is is that bad things happen to good people. So the families are confronted with that. What are they going to do? And often, giving of service, doing volunteer work, helping other people, reaching out to others who suffer, these actions, the opportunity to put someone else's needs before our own have shown to promote incredible healing. Having said that, you know, I always encourage people to take care of yourself first. You can use your pain and loss and sorrow as fuel for helping others as long as you've taken care of yourself. And we know that it benefits the giver outreach, if not more than the receiver. I've heard people tell me, I mean, it literally nourishes, you know, nourishes their soul. It's makes them feel good about themselves. A lot of people feel closer to whatever or whomever they consider to be a higher power. And it can also be emotionally draining. Most of the families I work with who share their story publicly will report that it feels exhausting afterwards because you're really opening your heart and putting it out there in a very vulnerable way. The other piece that outreach is dynamic and changes over time similar to where we are right now in society. One of the pieces that I hear that is so hard right now for donor families is their capacity to give back to LifeBank and the way that they used to has changed and they feel like a part of their healing has kind of been on hold because we can't go out and do health fairs right now. We can't go out to the BMVs. We're not having staff meetings where people are coming into the building to do mission moments. So we have to acknowledge that too. And sometimes, by the way, it's just a daily interaction with other people in the world that you give to others. And what I mean by that is I have donor families who wear a green bracelet and they were telling me stories of being in a store and someone acknowledges the green bracelet and now they've given back by sharing their story. So the actual death of the loved one puts families in an incredibly unique position to reach out and make a difference in the world.
1: Alyssa, how does giving back in grief help people reinvest in life? Well, the main piece
3: is that connecting with life again, which people do when they give back, enables them to start making that reinvestment in life in general. When we care enough to dedicate ourselves to the living and to the future, that is how we build our life back bit by bit. When we accept and channel that pain into something that didn't even exist before. Sophia's Witness is a great example. It didn't exist for the loss of Sophia we create this meaningful experience that's a direct result of our loss. And the reinvestment is the ultimate expression of human resilience. It is the ultimate triumph of the human spirit. And it's that idea that we're familiar with, right? The idea of the phoenix rising from the ashes. And we say to ourselves, okay, this has happened. What am I going to do with it? And it's in that moment that we know That life will never be the same, but we can build that bridge back to life by giving back. And it's that bridge that enables us to reinvest. And then we transcend loss in this extraordinary way and realize that something tragic can actually lead us to creating a more meaningful life for ourselves and others. And I have to say it's important. This does not mean that you have less pain. It just means that you're choosing this path of meaning inside of and including the pain.
1: Deanna, how has giving back through your grief helped you to reinvest back into your life?
2: Yeah, you know, Colleen, honestly, you know, Sophia's death broke me in so many ways. Um, but as I slowly learned to kind of live in my new reality, I learned that giving back in my grief not just helped me get out of bed in the morning, but it gives me the chance keep her alive. Every time I give back, I feel her. And, you know, it's in those moments that I I get to be her mom. You know, while it certainly took time and effort, you know, I came to the realization that much of my purpose was actually, it was hidden in my brokenness. Like Alyssa had mentioned about the question, you know, that we ask ourselves now that this has happened, what do I do about it? I can remember asking why, you know, why me? Why my family? Why my daughter? And when I changed that question from why to an acceptance of, okay, this is my life. I started asking, what now? Where do I go from here? Um, I can remember reading a quote that read something like, uh, grief is just love with no place to go. And, oh, did I feel that? But, you know, the truth is that love I have for Sophia can be shared with others. That love has places to go. And when we take all that love we have, and we invest not just in our lives, but in the lives of others, we have the power to change the world, you know, maybe not in some big old way, but in the quietness, you know, maybe we help others feel too.
1: I can only say that I remember seeing Sophia and hearing her story and I can't help but think, although she's not here with us, she's teaching us and we're learning from such a wonderful little girl. Deanna, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And Alyssa, as always, I appreciate your expertise and your great compassion for the work we do at LifeBank, which is helping not only to save and heal lives through donation, but to heal our donor families that have given the gift of life. If you're a donor family and you're struggling on your grief journey, please know that you can always go to lifebanc.org and click on the resource tab. There's a sub tab for donor families there are many resources there that you can use to help you on your way to healing. Thank you for listening today, and I invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about
0: life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is truly All about life, life given, life received, and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info@lifebank.org or visit LifeBank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at LifeBank.org literally someone's life is depending on it donate life